Hey Grooveaholics, Ben here. You just heard All of These Years by Sienna. Uh, Sienna does the keys and vocals and composes that track um, with guitar by Ryan Hecht. That was All of These Years by Sienna. Sienna is the lovely guest on the show, and I'm not going to waste any time. Let's get started with it. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Rochester Groovecast podcast, your top podcast source for live, local, regional music interviews and events from Rochester, New York, and the surrounding area. I am your host, Ben Albert, and we are live streaming on Facebook, Zoom, recording the newest edition of the Rochester Groovecast Rochester Groovecast podcast. I've only said it a hundred times, and I'm here with the lovely Sienna. Sienna, how are you today? What's going on? Doing so well today, actually. It was sunny. I went on a walk. I taught piano lessons. It's been a great day. Yeah, I'm doing really well. How are you doing? I'm great. I, I enjoyed the sunshine as well. Um, so you're teaching piano lessons. I assume you're doing it virtually nowadays. Yep, all virtual. Um, yeah, I switched over to all virtual, I guess, three weeks ago now, or maybe a little more. Um, it's definitely been an interesting transition. I'm learning a lot. Um, yeah, it's been really, really fun. I, I'm actually doing, there's that screen sharing feature when you do virtual lessons or virtual anything. Uh, so I've been able to write notes on the music on my computer and we've been able to compose songs that the students compose while I write them in my notation software. Uh, so it's actually been really fruitful, um, as a kind of format for lessons. That's interesting. I, I love to hear people that when they're taking this, uh, change, in the landscape of things and taking technology and finding better ways to, you know, be a professional. Um, so you were teaching piano lessons in person, I assume before this, uh, how long have you been teaching for? Ah, I have been teaching for over 10 years now. I've been teaching for 11 years. Um, which to me sounds like a long time since I'm, I'm 24. So to me, 10 years or 11 years is like, whoa, it's a long time to be doing something. Um, yeah, I started teaching piano at a piano camp in Vermont. Uh, and I just, I've just absolutely adored it ever since. And still one of my favorite things to do. And yeah, I was doing in-person lessons before this. Great. Yeah, everything's virtual now. Um, to give everyone a little bit more background, because I know we see a crash cymbal in the background, Sienna isn't a drummer, rather she's a, a pianist, singer, songwriter, soul, pop, great music, and she's going to perform at the end of this broadcast here for us. Um, but uh, check out Sienna Music at Sienna Music on Facebook. And um the landscape of, you know, a musician, a performer, a teacher is changing. Um, what's getting you out of bed in the morning? Is there anything you're excited about with the changes with the coronavirus and everything? Um, are you pulling your hair out? What is the landscape of your career looked like in the past month or so? I think that it is equal parts, both things, pulling my hair out and just 
total drive um, to do something new and useful with music. So the pulling my hair out part, I don't really think I need to talk about that much. I'm sure we're all feeling it. It's just you're stuck inside and it's tough and low energy because you don't have, you know, outside contact to increase your energy levels. Um, but the part that I think is important to talk about right now is the drive part. Um, I just feel really driven right now to use music in a healing way um, for myself and also for people all over the world who are listening to my music. I just feel like this pandemic has really taken a lot out of everyone in the world. Um, emotionally, physically, we've all lost a lot, um, every one of us. And I think it's especially important right now, maybe more important than it ever has been before, to recognize music as a tool for healing um, and also a way to teach to teach each other how to love more deeply and how to love more genuinely. So I'm really trying to uh, kind of let that emanate from my songwriting, um, do live stream shows to lift people's spirits. Um, I'm just trying. I'm, I'm, yeah, that's what I'm thinking about right now. That's what gets me out of bed right now. <laughs> oh, and also just a more simple less philosophical thing that's getting me out of bed is just my relationships with people i just like i live with my boyfriend chris and also my bandmate um and his support is just so incredible and um i love facetiming with my family and my friends so that's another thing that just that connection even over the distance or in your house has been really great I'm i'm with you you know me me too in terms of personally i'm not the some people would disagree but i'm not a massive social butterfly where i go out to a a show and then i talk to everyone i'm usually there for the music right and i find that i'm actually being more social and more conscious and more loving towards the people i care about given the fact that i feel a level of distance there's not a security that you're going to see them all the time. So getting on camera, FaceTiming with your family. I set my mom up with Zoom. Um, the nice. other, she's got a doctor's appointment, but I'm, I'm with you. So you really have a message of love, togetherness, trying to bring people together in this time. What does that music making process look like? Do you get your inspiration from um, a specific source? Uh, what, what does it look like when you're kind of just hanging out at home, creating new music? That's a really good question. Um, generally, I would say my creative process is mood-based. So it's really, um, <laughs> I know that kind of sounds like a cop-out, but I actually think that I create um, really powerful things in various moods. So it just really depends on how I'm feeling, what kind of song I'll write. Um, I'm not the kind of person who's going to write a song that is, um, outside of my own experience, I guess. Um, so I really am using my own experiences and observing my own experiences and observing all my own processes all the time. And that's kind of what informs my songwriting, I would say. Um, 
And sometimes very, it's happened a couple of times I've woken up and right when I wake up, I have this idea. So sometimes that's happened where it's just this like burst of inspiration, but I think that's a myth that inspiration is a burst all the time. So I don't want to spread that around that that's the only way to be inspired to create, but that has happened sometimes. Oh, and then the other, the other thing that's always happening um, is now that I'm living with Chris, we've been living together for, um, I guess since last summer, uh, we are always jamming and rehearsing together mm. and we're just like pushing each other at just every day to create more and to create more deeply. Um, so that, that is such an enriching and, um, I don't know. It, yeah. That's just a, a huge part of my process too. Just working with the band. Yeah. Working with the band, having people, yeah. uh, to, to help push each other. Sounds like exactly. that you and Chris are doing, um, and just to tell you if something's bad or if something's good, you know, just to have someone to bounce it off of um, or develop an idea or something. Yeah. Honest feedback. Yes. Very important. It's good. And and you've been teaching and providing lessons for since you were super young, as you mentioned before. Um, what role has teaching, training, mentorship you know, having bandmates to help you out, what role has that played for you, um, whether it's currently in your career or in your past when you had struggles? Was there any mentors or anybody that really helped you level up and get better and better at what you do? Hmm, very good question. Okay, so first I'm going to answer it with a very simple answer, which is that if I hadn't started teaching piano, I do not think I would still be doing music right now at all. Um, just flat out because teaching I think made me love music in a more sustainable way. I think I didn't really understand the purpose of music until I started teaching uh, fully. Like I didn't understand the purpose of music fully until I started teaching. So that's my first answer to that question. Second answer is I've had so many mentors along the way. Um, it's, I think it's going to be really hard to talk about all of them, but I would say, um, I mean, of course my parents have been huge mentors because I, maybe that's obvious, but my mom is a musician and a singer. Uh, so she really instilled this love of music in me from the very beginning. She was the one that heard me sounding out Mary had a little lamb on the piano when I was six and asked me if I wanted to take piano lessons. Like she noticed that she noticed my love of music and just cultivated it and kind of joined me in it. So that that's always been, we've, we've done musical theater together. We've been in choruses together. So that's what she's been a huge mentor for me. Um, my grandma, another member of my family has been a huge mentor because she's also an artist. She's a playwright um, and a writer. And I, for a long time, she's been the one that I just send my ideas to first uh, just to, talk about them with her. Um, so she's been a huge mentor. And then moving on in my development, the director of the piano camp has been a, a huge mentor because she's the one that kind of hired me in the first place to teach piano at the piano camp when I was just 14. So um, she definitely put a lot of faith in me at the very start and definitely taught me how to teach at first. So she's a really important person in my life. And right now, um, I have been really, really inspired and guided, I would say, a lot by um, 
Dr. Philip Sylvia Eastman. He, uh, he leads the women's choir and he teaches um, music education classes there, like how to teach. He teaches classes on how to teach. Um, and just his love of teaching and his intense and passionate dedication to teaching as a vocation and an art is so inspiring. Um, and he's also a composer. So I just have been getting a lot out of talking with him and having him as a mentor as well. And so you're, you're a student of Eastman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I was a student of the university of Rochester mm-hmm. and I did not actually attend the conservatory. I attended the liberal arts school, but I did study music if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I've got like multiple questions running through my head. I want to move back a little bit before I forget it. You mentioned piano camp. I don't know what that is. Is that a Rochester camp? I mean, it's a generic name. Well, what is piano camp? Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yes, I should explain piano camp. <laughs> piano camp? Well, okay, I'll just explain what it is first, and then I'll tell you my weird anecdotes about it. So first what it is. It's called Summer Sonatina International Piano Camp. Um, and it's in Vermont. It's a very small camp. So there's only 45 to maybe 50 total students every week. Um, and the really, I think, special thing about it, there are a lot of special things, but the most special thing is that it's, you don't have to audition to be in this camp. So most music camps, you have to audition. Um, but this one you don't. And so any level at all, you could be a complete beginner and go to this camp if you wanted to. Um, and you practice for three hours a day, even the six-year-olds. And you don't really notice that you're practicing three hours a day because everyone else is doing it and it's just fun. And then in between the practicing, you have rehearsals or you have playing outside or you have other activities. Um, it's just a regular camp between the uh, practicing. But I really think that if I hadn't gone to this camp and seen the joy that can come in being a community of musicians, instead of just practicing on your own in your house, I wouldn't have continued playing piano. It really was life changing for me. I started going when I was eight years old. um, And I went, I spent the summer or I spent at least a week there every summer until I was, you know, like 22 or something. Oh, wow. So it was, it was my weird anecdote that I was going to say before explaining what it is, um, was that out of all the kind of settings that I dream about, piano camp is the main setting that I, that I usually dream about. So that's a weird tidbit of information about me. No, that's amazing. That's huge. And, um, Obviously, anyone who plays piano or is a beginner and wants to start playing, that's something to look into. Um, What brought you from there? What brought you from Vermont to Rochester, dealing with U of R, Eastman, local musicians? Yeah, that's a a great question. I, um, when I first went to college, I went to McGill University in Canada um, just for two years. And then I decided to transfer out of McGill. So I applied to a few different schools. Rochester was one of them. I really did not, sorry, the University of Rochester was one of the schools. Um, And I really knew nothing about it besides the fact that one of my childhood friends said that it was the happiest campus in America. (laughs) 
And that really attracted me uh, to it. <laughs> but that was the only thing I knew about it until I came and took a tour. But as soon as I came and took a tour, I, I just knew that this was, this was the campus, this was the city that I wanted to be in. I just had this feeling that I was home as soon as I got to Rochester. Um, and I, it, didn't, it didn't hurt that I came right when all the cherry blossoms came out and the magnolia trees just started blooming. Mm-hmm. Island Park was like at its full you know, beauty. Um, so yeah, I just knew. And then I, I came here and I completely fell in love with the city even more. And I just, I really love it. I love being part of the community here. Uh, And actually one of the things that sold me on it and one of the reasons I felt so at home, I think, is because I picked up a city newspaper when I first came. Um, I came with my mom and we we were both reading the newspaper and trying to find like the music that was going on. And there was just so much. It's a long list. I was like, what? This is crazy. So that that really sold me. I was was like, I'm going to be one of these people in this newspaper. So, yeah, and now well, I <laughs> it, it's so true. City newspaper has a crazy section of entertainment on a daily basis. And um, whether it's Rochester or regional or, na- uh, you know, nationwide, are there any favorite places, favorite venues for you to play? Anything that uh, you would recommend? Or to add to it, you know, any dream venues, anywhere that uh, later in your career you're going to be? Ooh, really good question. Okay, so I think my favorite venue in Rochester currently is the venue that I played at right before COVID hit, which is Record Archive. Um, They just had, they were just so, um, the sound was amazing. The crowd was so loving and supportive. Um, And it's just such a cool place. I just, it's like a wonderland, you know, there's just like records everywhere, music everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's my favorite venue currently. Um, My dream venue. Are you talking about dream venue like anywhere in the world? Yeah, absolutely. Or even better, like a, a dream bill. Who are you? Who are you? He- who are you headlining with, or who are you opening for? Okay, so great question. So, dream venue: Red Rocks in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Dream Bill: Brandy Carlisle sharing a bill with Brandy Carlisle. That Lovely. would be like the ultimate. The ultimate. I've made it if that ever happens. That's huge. That's huge. I mean, I have a lot of other people I could say, but she's the first person I would think of. She comes to mind. Is there anyone else comes to mind that if you could, um, in an imaginary world, harness the ability, whether it's songwriting, whether it's soul, whether it's technique, if you could harness the ability of any number of musicians or simply be a mentee to them, who would you take as your... uh, uh, the the person that basically changes your career. <laughs> oh my gosh! Do I have to pick one person? No, no. Honestly, oh. pick two, five, ten. At the end oh of the day, God. I mean, I, from what I've seen, is all the best musicians can't stop when it comes to the amount of influences that they bring into their music. Um, so you can name one, you can name five, you can name five hundred. As far as I'm concerned, amazing. Okay. <laughs> So, so definitely Brandy Carlisle is a person that I really would love to learn from. And if I could just harness her abilities as a singer and songwriter, yes, like 
all yes. Um, I have so many other ones. Maggie Rogers is someone I really respect her songwriting. I respect her vocals. Um, Lady Gaga, she's just such a badass, like, and her vocalizing is incredible. And the fact that she also plays piano, I think is really, really fucking cool. Um, Orin Evans is like one of the world's greatest pianists. And I would just absolutely love to like, like hang out with him for a week and just play piano with him. Um, he's just incredible. Uh, Vijay Ayer is another incredible pianist who I'd love to learn from. Oh my God, that guy is ridiculous. Um, who else? There's, oh, Emily King. She is an absolute queen. Um, I can't even, I can't even describe to you how much I'm obsessed with Emily King right now. Um, she's just incredible also. Um, she, the reason I think she's incredible is her songwriting combines rhythm and like meaning, like, um, pulse and meaning in such a cool way, uh, which I really think is, I don't think a lot of people are doing that right now. Often you have kind of groove based music that doesn't mean as much or, uh, really meaningful music that isn't group based. So yeah. I really like that she has both. Yeah, you got to be able to connect on all the levels. Um, yeah, definitely. Oh, Bill Withers. Mm -hmm. I know he's not here anymore, but that guy is not a complete genius. His songs, I think, are just the epitome of what I want my songs to be. Um, they're so heartfelt and so soulful. And just so gentle, and I, I think his songwriting is incredible. Keaton Henson, <laughs> I could honestly just go on for years, so you should probably stop me at some point. Um, I, I guess, um, and every artist has a different character, whether exactly. it's their soulful, their emotion, their technique, their power. But is there a big why um, as to? you know, why these artists, every artist is going to have a different response, but is there something you look for out of a musician? Um, is there key elements that you look for or that inspire you? Is there a big why as to what do all these artists have in common other than the fact they're, they're amazing. Is there something that speaks to Sienna specifically? I think they all have, um, they're all able to tap into like pathos, you know, like they're all able to explain or try to explain how poignant and like terrible and joyful it is at the same time to be human. I just think like they're able to just get at the heart of that. All of those people that I named, mm -hmm. um, and that I think is the most important to me. If I can feel like in my chest, something happening when I'm listening to a song, then I'll really respect that artist who made that song. That's like my kind of, it's like, it's again, a feeling based, just like my songwriting style or songwriting um, process or whatever you want to call it. It's just, a. it's like, yeah. If it, if it makes me feel something like that, I am interested in it. Yeah, no, that's special. It's it's mirroring humanity. It's mirroring emotion. I know <clears throat> personally when I was way younger, the kind of thing I would do is I would Google search best guitar players or things like that. Or I was very personally into progressive rock. 
in mm. part because it was progressive. And I wanted things that were complicated and different and hard. And I still love all that stuff. But long term, it's not about who's the best guitar player or who uses the weirdest time signature. It's about, you know, how does it make you feel? What is the live experience like? And that's a completely different thing. It's, it's almost like art versus um, science. I mean, it, it seems like you're more on the art side. Have you thought about, you know, the connection with music being an art versus a science? Do you have a preference or an opinion on that? That's such an interesting way of putting it. Yeah, I think, hmm. So, I think science is really creative, right? But when I was in science classes, I had a chemistry teacher, Mrs. Keckler, in high school, who um, was another mentor of mine. And she, I did not care about chemistry at all. Like, I didn't care about, like, molecules or any of that stuff but what she did was she made it into a philosophical exercise she made Mm -hmm. chemistry into this philosophical exercise like what really is a chemical and how does that relate to our lives and that was what I was interested in so I think yes I am more interested (laughs) even when I'm learning about science I really latch on to the part of it that relates it to kind of the um philosophy of our lives as humans rather than the building blocks of how we're alive, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, with music, I'm definitely more interested in, um, the effect of the music rather than the structure of the music. Although I do really enjoy kind of picking apart music and theoretically analyzing it and stuff. That's also very fun. Mm -hmm. It's all fun. Yeah, if you can grasp that um, philosophy, the emotion, the why, the reason, the effect, then as you get more seasoned with it, you can dive into the more intricate stuff. Um, And yeah, it's everybody's preference, but some people like to start with the intricate. And it sounds like you're more geared towards the emotional, you, you know, the humanity of music itself. Is there... Um, is there any childhood memories or, you know, memories with music that were sparks in your, you know, career, aha moments that um, kind of shaped what brought you here today and your connection to the emotion in music? I'm just thinking about that. I know I ask, I ask questions that... And I'll just say this straight up. I like to ask questions that make people think. And to be honest, I don't even know if I can answer half the questions I ask. Um, But, but, um, you know, there's, there's everybody has a favorite color, but that's a one word answer. I'm trying to go back to if there was a show or a a moment or whether it's writing poetry, things that, really kind of sparked your creativity and things you'd recommend to someone young playing music to help spark their creativity as well. Hmm. Okay. So one thing that's coming to mind, well, hmm, there are a lot of things that are coming to mind. One thing that's coming to mind is discovering that I didn't have to play what was on the page all the time. So (laughs) 
when I was younger, I took classical lessons and I had an incredible teacher and she really prepared me technically and musically and she was amazing. But she didn't, and we actually did improvise at the end of every lesson, almost every lesson. So we did have that. But she didn't tell me that improvisation was okay in my own practicing. So I didn't really make the connection um, that I could actually just do that at home. And then I remember finally realizing that I could just make up stuff on the piano. And it was just such a freeing feeling. Um, and I think my favorite times doing that was when I could open the window. My piano was by a window in our living room. Um, and when I could open that window and it was raining outside and there would be a person passing by and I could just play kind of with the rain or maybe for anyone who was passing by um, and just go into this meditative state. I really am, I can, can remember a lot of those moments uh, from when I was in middle school and high school. Um, so that's the first thing that came to mind. Another thing that came to mind was, I don't think this is as, um, I guess it's not as vivid of an image, but <laughs> something that really inspired me, one singular moment was when I first sat down at a Steinway, a nine foot Steinway grand piano mm. in Key West, Florida. And I just, I played a couple notes and it was, it was life changing. This instrument, like I did not know the instruments could feel the way a nine foot Steinway grand felt. It was just, so smooth and so um it just moved when I touched it in such a natural way and it was amazing so that was that was a huge moment for me <laughs> uh just realizing that an instrument could sound this way no it's a it's amazing um the the power of music and the power of you know a classic piano they always say, you know, they don't make wood the way they used to. Mm. And nowadays everything's digital. So having something like a Steinway piano that, that resonates with me, an old fashioned, big, beautiful piano um, yeah. was something, did something draw you to the piano? Um, did it kind of just fall in your lap or did you choose to play piano you know, what draws you to that instrument versus others? And, and as a second part to the question, I'm wondering if you do play any other instruments and um, if not, what you would pick up if you were to choose. I asked like five questions at once, but why do you love piano and what other instruments are you drawn towards? Okay, so piano happened because my mom played she plays piano and she played piano a lot when we were kids. So she would play, we would like sit on her lap or sit on the piano bench and she would play and we would sing along with whatever book. So we had the book rise up singing, probably people who are listening know that book. Um, and she would play from that and we would sing along. We have video like home videos of us doing that. Um, so that was, and we had an upright piano in our house. It was just sitting there, you know, waiting to be played. So um, I think it was just, you know, uh, I was, I was kind of surrounded by the piano. So that's just what I did. I think actually what I first sounded out, Mary had a little lamb on though, was this tiny little toy piano that we had. I did, did, well, I don't think I was using the, the actual upright piano that we had. So that's why I chose it originally. Why I love it still is, um, 
I, I think there's something about just like how powerful the sound is when it's washing over you, you know, it really feels like it's kind of enveloping you. And I don't think there's any other instrument really that's like that. Maybe the harp, I don't know. The drum set, I guess. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I really love that feeling. And also the fact that I, when I'm feeling sad, I can just kind of put my head on the piano and just cry. That is great. Mm. That's a great um, benefit of playing piano. Uh, and then do I play other instruments? I do, I have played clarinet and saxophone. So I played clarinet and saxophone when I was in high school and middle school. <clears throat> I've since stopped playing those. I have thought about brought, bringing them back. Um, I actually have them in our house waiting for me to start practicing them again. Um, but that's kind of a long-term project. And then actually I'm starting to learn the bass, the bass guitar. And that's the thing that I really want to learn right now. So that's what I'm focusing on, you know, in addition to practicing piano. Cool. Love yeah. it. I love the bass. I love the bass and it, it's, you're taking the rhythm and you're mixing it with the melody. So the it's, bass guitar is such a, it's, it's such a cool instrument. I love how versatile it is. Like you're saying, like you can be that rhythm, you can be that, that, you know, rock for the band, but you can also do really cool harmonics and, play all these beautiful tones. So you learning on your own or do you have a teacher? I do not have a teacher. I have considered getting a teacher. I haven't actually looked into it at all. I'm just doing it on my own so far. So far I know two songs. I know classic, you know, uh, how does it go? Ooh, girl, he's shining like a fifth avenue. Okay. Do, 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 do. Yeah. So I know that song. And then I also know, um, Oh my gosh, what is it called? I'm going to forget now. Oh, do you want to be my girl? Yeah. I, I'm never good with historical things. So you say the song name and I'm like thinking and then you sing and I was like, oh yeah, I know that song. <laughs> yeah, I'm terrible with names also, honestly. <laughs> Great. Well, yeah. Um in a little bit, we're going to actually get to hear you play music, play the piano. Um, curious advice for all all musicians, especially people, you know, that are still making mistakes and having failures and figuring everything out. Is there anything specific for all the tech junkies, anything gear-wise that um, every musician should have, whether it's a pianist? so on and so forth, a vocalist, any pedals, sounds, this or that, any technology that you highly recommend? It's, that's, a, that's a funny question for me because I've always been severely unfocused on gear. Mm. And I, I think it's, I think almost to a fault, honestly. I know some people are focused on gear to a fault, but I think I'm unfocused on it to a fault. Um, honestly, I don't have any gear suggestions. I do have um, a small amount of experience just recently. We just bought some recording equipment because we're doing some home recording. So we bought, um, you know, we just bought this SM7B, uh, which is great for vocals. But to be honest, I haven't tried a lot of other vocal mics. So I can't honestly say I've compared it that much in my own experience to other vocal mics. Um, 
The, the one thing that I would say for pianists is a lot of people buy, um, you know, like Nord pianos. Um, those are very popular and they're very flashy with their red, you know, red bodies. But in my opinion, the thing that I have right here, this Casio Privia is actually just a much more like solid and um, I just love it so much more. So for me, Casio Privias, any, any one of them, I have the 360 or no, wait, what do I have? See, I don't even know what I, I literally don't even know the number of what I have. I think Same. I have the 360, um, but the 160 is great for more beginner pianists. Um, they have great weighted keys. The piano sound is amazing, but then there's all these other, you know, amazing tones. So I'm the, same, the gear. I'm the same way. I'm not a tech junkie. I I'm using a board right now. I couldn't give you the number unless I look at it kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I see things. I, I agree that it seems like you see things at a more broad, emotional, philosophical level rather than the minutia more the overall experience. Um, and I'm curious if you have any overall advice for musicians, whether it has to do with failures or mistakes you've made that you go back and course correct if you could, or super successful positive experiences that you'd recommend, you know, people ultimately going after it, it, any general advice for someone that, that it's looking to make, you know, make their name in music and you even not even make their name, but just <laughs> love and enjoy music and uh, use it as a passion. <sighs> for me, that's such a heavy question. Not because it's, I, I think it's a great question. The reason it feels heavy is because I just feel like I'm so figuring this out just every day, every minute I'm just figuring it out. And I, I really spend so much energy trying to figure it out. I'm very like um, focused on all these internal processes that are, that I'm going through, especially when it relates to music. Um, so I don't know if I feel qualified or um, not qualified. Qualified is the wrong word. I don't know if I feel situated to give advice, but if I'm, I, I think what I want to do is actually just give advice to myself and then probably other people will find it useful. So my advice to myself as a musician would be, be kind to yourself and keep exploring. So just don't spot, stop exploring, even if you think it sounds bad, just keep exploring, keep trying shit out. Um, and then be kind to yourself. Don't get too bogged down in, um, you know, being super directed or thinking you have to do more on social media or, you know, all these things that everyone's telling you you have to do all the time or, you know, comparing yourself to someone else and thinking you have to be doing more than them or something. Just be kind to yourself. And I think you can go really far with that. That's huge. Um, be kind and um, don't have to feel like you have to overdo it. Be kind to yourself. And honestly, I appreciate your modesty and humbleness because I think it is very good advice. Um, but you reframe the question the same way I, I would have in the fact that, you know, giving yourself advice is generally good advice for, for anybody, but it's coming from you. It's coming from the heart, which is good. Um, 
I want to get you to play some music. I got a couple simple questions to close out, uh, but I want to, you know, shout out at Sienna Music on Facebook and help us out. What are the best ways to keep in touch with you and your music, Sienna? Ah, okay. So yeah, definitely at Sienna Music on Facebook, um, at Sienna Music Official on Instagram. Um, also my Spotify account, I'm always updating the artist page with new playlists that I'm putting out, or um, I'm actually coming out with a new single uh, sometime in the next few weeks. So that'll be on there. So my Spotify page, it's actually under my full name currently. It's under Sienna Facholo. But if you just look up Sienna, you'll find, you'll find me. Um, and what, let's see, what, what else? I guess those are definitely like the main ways of staying in touch with me. And then if you want to learn more information about what I do or about my piano lessons, um, I also teach voice. You can go to my website. It's just siennaofficial.com. Um, I'm really proud of the website. So I want people to look at it because I'm proud of it. <laughs> siennaofficial.com I'll I'll place that in the show notes but um Sienna official if you can't figure that out I don't know what to say s i e n a official.com keep in touch with Sienna um check out her music support local music I'll I'll put other links here in the show notes as well to close out my final question it's the big question that I've been asking all my guests is if you had a billboard, you can control the message of a billboard. So think you're in a busy area. All sorts of people drive down that road. There's older, there's younger, there's all races, there's all genders. If you could provide a message to the world, whether it's musical, you know, musical related, philosophical, if you could just put one thing on that billboard in a few words to a paragraph paragraph to a few words to a paragraph or less and one thing i like to do is i like to ramble so i give you a little time to think about it um what would you put on that billboard and why and you've said so many great things that i would place on that billboard myself but i'm wondering if um something specific comes to mind hmm Okay, I think I would put, it's okay to be human. And that's all I would write. <laughs> I love that. It's okay yeah. to be human. We all have humanity. Did, do you, do you want to elaborate? That's pretty piffy and beautiful in itself, but what, what makes you feel that way? I just feel like I need to be told that a lot. So I, oh. that, as I said, I kind of filter everything through my own experiences and reactions to things. So if I was, if I wanted to see a billboard, it would be that Mm. Um, because I, I would feel comforted by it and I would feel, um, I don't know. It would just, I think it would remind me that we don't actually need to be striving to be something besides what we actually are, you know, um, which I know intellectually because, you know, people say it all the time, but in, in my daily life, I don't actually know it. Uh, so I think 
me personally, I just would love to be reminded of that. Um, that it's just okay to just be, it's okay to be imperfect. It's okay to have weird feelings that you have no idea what they mean. Um, it's okay to be uncertain. It's okay to be insecure. It's okay to be all these things. Like that's just what humanness is. And yeah, it kind of sucks sometimes, but also it's kind of great at other times <laughs> and it's just all okay. Like I just want someone to constantly be saying in my ear, it's okay to be, you know what I mean? That's just like, yeah. No, a lot of gratitude for that. Of course, um, you recognize it, but no matter how perfect we think we are, how good we do, we always need those uh, reminders um, to to wake us up and uh, stay stay present to the fact that it is a human experience. We're not artificial. This isn't um, things don't go perfect. The sky is sometimes gray. It's sometimes blue. So I, I connect to that very much as well. Yeah. Um, awesome. Uh, check out Sienna, of course, Facebook, Spotify, follower playlist, new music. Sounds like she's recording, um, some independent music herself. So a yeah. lot more to come with that. Um, thanks again for coming on the show. Ultimately for Rochester Groovecast. It's as simple as looking up Rochester Groovecast, all one word. Uh, Groovecast is all one word on Facebook, Instagram, Ben Albert, ROC Groove on um, Instagram. Uh, basically anywhere. I try to be Googleable, so you can Google me anywhere and find me there. Um, but more than anything, this isn't about me. It's about Sienna and her great music. And that's why I want to pass the torch over to you to ultimately play some tunes and we can have a listening party here. We've got a good handful of people here live on Zoom. So for the next episodes, I recommend everybody try to get on that Zoom call. We've got people on Facebook as well. And then we have people listening. Um, this could be for all we know, this could be 2025 by the time you hear this for the first time. So I want to thank everybody. I want to thank you, Sienna. Um, yeah, any closing words for you? I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, I really appreciate you having me. I'm really grateful to be here. Um, I'm really grateful to be a part of this whole musician community in Rochester. I think it's really bolstered me as a person. Uh, to be a part of this community just everyone is so welcoming and so much themselves and that really means a lot to me uh, so I really appreciate you reaching out and, and yeah I'm really excited to play some stuff Thanks again, everyone, for listening to the show. Wanted to give you another quick reminder. Leave a review on iTunes. Check us out at rochestergroovecast.com. And unfortunately, if you're listening to the podcast, you don't get to hear those private performances live um, as part of the podcast. So I recommend go to Facebook, 
check out Rochester Groovecast. Come to the live call so you can get a private performance. But I do still have something for you here today. Um, And it's one more track by Sienna. We're going to listen to Meteor by Sienna. She does keys, vocals, and composition in this. And she's joined by bassist Jordan Rabanowitz. This is Meteor by Sienna. Have a great day, everyone. Sit with me. Gaze into space. Can you hear the stars embrace? Stay with me on the
Will they?